So by way of introduction, my name is Wyatt Graham, and I'm joined here by three worship leaders, worship pastors from across Canada. And this is the second of, uh, I hope, an ongoing series of discussions where I talk, well, well I don't talk, worship yeah. leaders talk about worship uh, gospel-shaped ministry in Canada. So in the first talk, we actually spoke about what does it mean to prepare your own heart as a worship leader? How do you sharpen that sword of holiness and of worship to God? so that you're ready and prepared to lead others towards the worship of God. We wanted then to move into this second talk and you know, jump into the more practical question of, now that I have uh, rightly orientated my heart, how can I love my neighbor, love my congregation, especially during a time of pandemic? Now, there are people in this conversation from different provinces. There's two people from Ontario, and we just heard yesterday that you can have 30% of capacity meet on Sunday. But then we also have a pastor or a worship leader from British Columbia where they're still restricted to, I think, a maximum of, of 50 or 30 pe 50 people. Yep. And many churches are simply not meeting still and possibly not until the end of the summer. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation where you're going to see kind of two different sides of this conversation and especially um, how that bears on the practical questions, practical questions of serving and loving uh, your congregation. So with that, I'm going to hand the conversation over to Jody Cross, who will kind of introduce this talk and uh, introduce, and then I think Rob and Pat, you can kind of reintroduce yourselves as we get going. So thanks, guys. And Jody, it's now yours. Yeah, thanks, Wyatt. Appreciate it. And uh, we did have a good conversation the first time and hope it was helpful for the folks who are watching. Uh, I remember this book title. I think it was Tony Campolo who wrote the book. It said, uh, it's, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Yeah. I feel like it's Tuesday, but Sunday's coming. And yeah. There is a lot that is going to happen in our lives this week between today and Sunday as we anticipate what Sunday is going to look like. You know, one of the one of the qualities I think that we as leaders and as worship leaders need to have in spades is flexibility and adaptability because you never quite know what kind of pitch is coming. And so we have to be very flexible, very malleable, be, being ready just to to change on what comes down. So it's good. We trust the Lord. We work hard. And then we uh, we don't hold to our plans very tightly. We hold them loosely. So guys, thanks for jumping on again. We have a lot to talk about today. Wyatt has introduced the, the first question that we're going to talk about is that we've been leading. We've been leading our services. We've been uh, leading maybe um, live streaming for sure for the last number of weeks. But how outside of music have you either been personally involved or has your church been involved with caring pastorally, practically for your neighbor? And let's talk about our physical neighbors, the people that live around us, maybe the neighbor extending it to the, the people who live in our communities, and, and then our just our congregations generally, loving our neighbors as ourselves. So uh, Rob Rob Brockman, tell us, just remind us where you're from, and uh, why don't you jump in first? Sure. Um, so I'm from Living Hope Alliance Church in Georgetown, Ontario. Um, so me and my wife, Sienna, uh, we got married last year. We're approaching our one-year anniversary. Woo! And I've been at this church for uh, 10, 10 years now. So that's where I'm uh, ministering, ministering from. And uh, yeah, thinking about how do we help um, our people worship in this time where we can't actually gather the way that we would normally gather. And, you know, all, all of our worship experiences essentially have been home devotional, home worship experiences where we maybe gather with our family and we watch a sermon and we sing together. And I think, I think it's important for, for us, first of all, just to kind of value that. Like, there's nothing inherently 
I think we can kind of compare that to Sunday morning and gathering together for church and go, ah, well, it's not that, so it's not valuable. But the Lord asks us to worship him daily mm-hmm. and to, to exalt him daily. And, and so gathering together with our families and worshiping, I think, is a great thing. and It's a powerful thing. Um, but one thing that I've been doing in this time, trying to help people um, worship, is also try to help them long for hopefully what's going to happen soon, which is coming back together as a church. I think building that longing within people for coming back together and singing, understanding that, hey, this is great. What we can do, we can worship together at home. God honors that. That's delightful to the Lord. But also getting people to create that distinction and to long. And and I've been kind of really meditating on Psalm 42. And in Psalm 42, it talks about the very beginning how, you know, uh, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? So the psalmist is longing for God, but he, for some reason he's not being satisfied. He's longing and thirsting. And the question is, why? Well, we, we find out in the next verse. Um, These things I remember as I poured out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession of the house of God with glad shouts of songs of praise and multitude-keeping festival. He's talking about, man, I'm longing for God in the context of the church gathering. Mm -hmm. And the idea there is there is something missing in all of us in our interaction with God that can't be satisfied in just a quiet worship time at home. Mm -hmm. There's something about gathering together with the community that our soul thirsts and longs for, that God meets us there in a powerful, powerful way. And we can flesh out what that looks like. But getting people to see those distinctions, the, the I, yeah, I worship, I mean, the, the psalmist can worship God in the fields of Hebron where he is, in the mountains of Hebron. But he understands that, man, I long for Jerusalem. I long for the people of God. I long for the gathering. And there's something that's missing that will not be satisfied until we get back together. And that's good. That's okay. It's good for us to sit in that and to dwell in that. And so for me, I've been kind of trying to create and craft that longing in people by reminding them that, hey, what a glorious thing the body of Christ is, the assembly is. Yeah, and uh, I heard this phrase, hunger is the best sauce. Mm -hmm. You know, when we stir up a hunger, it's too easy to be satisfied with. And we, you know, familiarity uh, breeds contempt, as that phrase says. And Mm -hmm. If we've been coming to church week after week, year after year, it's like, yeah, it's the thing I do. But having had it removed almost in this period of pandemic exile, there's a hunger, as you're saying, that has been stirred up in us. And and one of the joys is that we look forward to the end of exile when we can gather again. And I I hope that the singing will be sweeter, Mm. that our hugs, when we're able to hug, will will be more uh, meaningful, that... uh, the fellowship will be more intentional. Uh, you know, you just, you hope that our, our gatherings will be deeper and sweeter experientially and, and for the glory of God as well. Rob, I'm just going to put you on the spot for a second. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to want to pull up a little file here, but uh, we've been working on a song since our last podcast. Yeah. I just wanted to jump on that real quick because coming out of your Psalm 42, this longing, I think a lot of folks have felt and are feeling like, the again the cry of Psalm 13 among others. How long, Lord? I'm yeah. tired. I'm weary. I can't wait. I'm I'm really ticked. I just want to get back. And yeah. uh, you began to put some words to paper, and we've mm-hmm. kind of had some collaboration back and forth. 
maybe just read a verse or two. And if you want to throw in one of our courses, yeah. two confessions, this song is in, is in process. It's in progress. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm loving, I'm loving what's sort of, you know, emerging, but I think just even reading some of that might express mm. some of our longing in the people who are watching. Sure. Yeah. And this song really flows out of Psalm 13 and 25 uh, and Jody kind of really landed it there for us, which was awesome. So I, I really appreciate your help, Jody. So verse one says this, oh, how long will you be still? How long shall I wait? Not but toil and ills prevail. God can be my strength. Verse two, oh, how weak my feeble frame. How long shall I faint? Not I know, but sin and shame. God can be my strength. And, and Jody wrote this great, great chorus that says this, steadfast love will hold me fast in these waiting days. Trusting in the grace of Jesus, I'll not be ashamed. No, I'll not be ashamed. And well, maybe let's, let me just finish a couple more verses. Uh, oh, what grief my sorrow sings. I think this is a good one. How long shall I weep? Not but clouds the morning brings. God can be my strength. And that's the, the heart of lament, which is, man, my soul is weeping and sorrowful, and I'm just overwhelmed with my the longings of my heart. But the solution of what Jody got us to, which was steadfast, remember God's has said love. Remember his steadfast love that doesn't abandon us. Um, all the rest of the verses are in process, so I don't want to go there yet. we got to save it for our people. Yeah, and part of worshiping, as we talked about, is giving people permission to express their groanings and their longings, yeah. their brokenness, their grief. And yet, as we've talked about, the end of Psalm 13 is this corner turn where it says, you know, but I will trust in your unfailing love. The Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And so we can see the promised land. We can see that gatherings are somewhere just up ahead. And uh, Pat, I'm just going to have you jump in, brother, because you're in a different spot. Uh, more churches in BC are staying closed. Tell us, uh, just jump in with what you're thinking about what we've talked about so far. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm Pat Sabell from, I'm from in Vancouver, in Langley, actually. Um, but we are presently at 50, uh, allowed to gather, but no more than 50 in a gathering and to do the, all the social distancing and lots of, you know, one exit in, one exit out and sanitizer everywhere and um, so a lot of churches have chosen to, to still not open due to that. Um, you know, some, some thoughts I had about thinking about how do we love well? How do we love the church well? How do we lead the church well? <clears throat> um, you know, I, th I think initially uh, the same God who, who allowed this pandemic is the, the same God who wants to lead us as our good shepherd through these next steps and so i think it's helpful for for worship leaders to understand that that god in his character he's good and he wants he desires he loves to lead us i was reading to my kids uh, the jesus storybook bible um a few days ago and my favorite line is where um Sally Lloyd-Jones always says about God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. <laughs> and uh, I think we lose sight of that sometimes when we think of, uh, you know, how do we love? And we, we love because he first loved. Um, 
And so starting at that place and then, you know, thinking about process, um, God is a God of process or process, however you say it. Um, and so he's more concerned about how we're going to take these next steps than he is, uh, you know, the, the end result. And so you guys in Ontario, you're talking about this is a this is a big week as you're looking to 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 relaunch or to start something. And and this week for you guys, I'd say to worship pastors in Ontario, that um, this process, this week, God wants to show Himself strong, and He wants to, um, you know. So there's just so many things I think of. You know, where Paul says in Philippians 1, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then he said, but but it's, he said, I'm going to remain and continue with you all. I love it for your progress and joy in the faith. So think of this season as I, I'm here to serve those in my church for their progress and joy in the faith. And then and then in our churches, we got we got those who are you know, um, are fearful and people's fears are real. Um, we got those who are, um, you know, just raring to go and, you know, just let me in the door and let me, let me, let me you know, chomping at the bit to be yeah. back in church. Um, so, I, you know, I would say just having the grace, um, ha having a nurturing, caring heart that is, is aware of the spectrum of, of our, our people and loving them and caring for them through this process. Um, well, I think, cause I think we, we want to, we want to get to the equipping, but let me just give you some Bible verses and some scriptures and help you to understand why we need to do what we need to do. I would say let's back up and let's nurture and care mm -hmm. and love and let's encourage um, and I, I'm convinced that proclamation without demonstration is it has no value. And so when we demonstrate our love and we nurture and we care and we encourage, then we equip um, in a way that people go, of course, <laughs> of course, that, you know, you've, you've modeled this well, you've loved us well through this. So those are a couple of things. In Romans 15, 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak not to please ourselves so i think it's a season of am i patient am i going to be patient with my with my neighbor with my those who i love and lead or am i, am I going to be here for the long haul am i going to understand that this is a process that god is going to use in my life and in the life of the church that mm. the pandemic came because god allowed it and this now this next season as we learn to transition back into worshiping together, uh, God's going to use it as well in our lives. And I'm going to be, I'm going to love Jesus more because um, it's Milton Vincent in his book, Gospel Primer, where he says something to the fact of that um, we are uh, um, losing my thought. It's, it's this sense significant players in each other's uh, work of sanctification. <laughs> and I think that's that's a cool thought to think that God's going to use my people at my church in my life because they're they're significant uh, 
players and the the overall work that God is doing in me. God is using them for my good, and God is going to use me for their good. So I'm talking yeah. too long, but great thoughts, thoughts, brother. Good thoughts, and you know, as you're talking, I love the fact that none of us actually know what we're doing. <laughs> And so just to recap, if you're living in different parts of the country, as Wyatt said at the beginning, at our church in Ontario, I'm serving at Cornerstone Baptist in Aurelia. We had a discussion yesterday morning on what would, what would we do if we were allowed to have 50 people? And when would that be? And our senior pastor, Paul Carter, said, well, probably that's going to be the fall before we even hit 50 people. At one o'clock in the afternoon, the premier made the announcement that we would be allowed to have 30% of building capacity. So that took us from what we'd been doing five in a room to maybe 50 in September to according to our building, 265 this week. Wow. So it blew our timelines out of the water. Uh, it's not that we hadn't been talking or that we weren't prepared, but things changed very quickly. And I just love the fact that as we walk towards this Sunday or, you know, in Rob's case or other churches are waiting a week or two, the next Sunday, Father's Day, or whatever it is, uh, we really, I just love the fact that we are staying dependent on the Lord. Yeah. I think there's a few things that are real gifts from the Lord. Number one, we have to work in team. We need the wisdom, the collective wisdom of each other. Whether that's a pastoral team, whether that's, you know, your elder chair, whether it's your elder board, whether that's your planning team, whatever it is, maybe you've got an emergency preparedness team, your custodial team, just calling on each other and saying, we have to do this together gently, yeah, step by step. I love that we can't do it alone. I love that we have to see God's wisdom. And I love the fact that, as you said, Pat, that as we think about being shepherds, and uh, I've got a book, um, not sure if it's actually on my shelf, but anyway, it's called Shepherds After uh, My Own Heart. And just as we think about what a shepherd does, we lead, we feed, we guide, and we protect the flock. And that's kind of what you're bringing out, that there are people on the ends of the spectrum, those with young children, those with, who are seniors, or concerned about seniors that there's there's a tentativeness in in that you know those demographics and we want to be careful to protect the health of those people and and just be sensitive to their concerns absolutely yeah. if i can if i can make a comment jody and maybe this is a curveball in our in a, another way that we can love people that you guys are both hitting on which is this pastoral heart is is one of the points of worship of singing is uh, evangelism. Well, one of the one of the things that is accomplished as we sing and as we worship God together is people hearing about Jesus and coming to Jesus. I think about um, Isaiah twelve five, which says, "Sing praises to the Lord, for He has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth." Or Psalm forty verse three, He put a new song in my mouth, uh, a song of praise to our God, so that many will see and fear, and put their trust in the Lord. So, so if you're a worship leader, part of your heart is a, should be evangelism. It shouldn't just be singing cool songs and getting cool stems and tracks. It should be, the goal should be not only the glory of God, but the proclamation of the gospel. That's, that, that is the heart of the worship leader is let's get the gospel. Let's get people saved. So why should that end? If I'm just at home and I'm, you know, I'm leading the camera, like why should that end? So originally, Jody, you asked the question, how can we love our neighbors? and our church family. And I think, well, if we're worship leaders, we should be on the front line of evangelism. Like we, because isn't that what we're passionate about? About the glory of God, about people coming into the sanctuary and seeing worship happen, like Paul talks about in Corinthians, and coming and falling down before God. 
So I think there is, there's a heart there of evangelism that I think we need to check ourselves and ask, hey, am I being stirred for preaching the gospel in this time? Because my theology about worship dictates that I should. And that's excellent. I love that. And, uh, you know, it's been said that we can't love music more than we love the master. We can't love music more than we love people. And you've just brought a good point that music is not the end of what we do. It's, as Piper would say, seeing all people everywhere. That's why missions exist. We know that quote, because worshipers don't exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your neighbor, your back fence, you want to see them love Jesus. Um, maybe let's let's turn the, a little bit of a corner here and uh, let's talk about any kind of outreach we've been involved with, either in your neighborhood, in your city. I'll just give you something really interesting that happened in, in our lives. Uh, the, the phrase I've coined is uh, two cups of flour and a cup of sugar opens a lot of doors. And so about a week and a half ago, we baked 60 chocolate chip cookies and our neighbors there and there and behind us and a couple of doors over all got 10 cookies. Mm. And one of the, um, you know, obviously that face-to-face, or at least doorstep, back up, talk to the folks, it actually opened up a whole bunch of conversations. Some chocolate chip cookies did wonders for, for relationships, probably in a way that we have not had connection with our neighbors in many years, crazy as chocolate chip cookies and COVID can be. And um, interestingly enough, we had a family, a Hindu family moved next door just about a week and a half ago, and we've had more conversations and feel like they have enfolded us into their little family unit. It's a young couple with the little girl. And we are just building a relationship and loving them in the name of Jesus. And uh, I'm excited just how COVID has opened up conversations, relationships, networks that, you know, as the Bible says, when people ask for the hope that is within you, you now know their name. At least I know who they are. I know a little right. bit about their stories and uh, you know, we're going to get to share who we are and we're going to get to share the hope as God opens up those opportunities. So I'm excited and I'm excited just that, you know, people around us uh, are within the sound of the gospel as the Lord gives us opportunity. Pat, tell us about what, what you've seen in that in terms of kind of neighborhood outreach evangelism. What, what have you experienced? Yeah, well, I think it was maybe uh, two weeks into the, kind of shut down where I was, it was spring break out here. And so, but um, we had just, we had gorgeous weather then. I think it was snowing on you guys when we were experiencing uh, really, really, really beautiful spring and hot, hot weather. Um, and so we ended up being out on the street in front of our house. Uh, There's probably, I don't know, maybe 10 adults, eight eight to ten couples maybe uh with a whole lot of children and for the first two weeks of the pandemic we're like you know don't touch those toys don't stay don't go near that kid and we would like chase our children around and um and then about two weeks we just kind of gave up and and we we literally have been outside most days what except when it's raining um with these same couples and um it's been pretty amazing just to uh, see the, the relationships that have been built. Uh, one of the gentlemen, I have a motorcycle. He has a motorcycle. We've <clears throat> taken down many rides. He's asked lots of questions. I was at his place last night working on my motorcycle with him and a, one of his neighbors came over and 
you know, his neighbor was using some interesting language and, uh, you know, and then he asked me what I did. <laughs> He's like, oops, oops, sorry. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have been speaking like that. And anyways, it's just been really cool to see, um, you know, how God has used the last few months in terms of how do we, how do we think and, and just more in, intentionally praying for those uh, that are around us on our street. Uh, yeah, it's but you know, I don't know that this would happen and these relationships would be built had God not allowed uh, the pandemic. And so it's given lots of opportunities to, to, uh, to be together and to build relationships uh, with the intention you know, Lord willing of being able to proclaim the gospel as well. Mm -hmm. So excited about that. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, we've had more than our share of weeds in our front lawn, but um, how about this? The ministry of weeding, weeding your front lawn. Yeah. Bend over with the tool in your hand, pick weeds and watch person after person walk by your house. If you live in a neighborhood, if you live in the country, probably not going to happen because <laughs> they're either walking as a couple or they're walking their dog or their kids are in a stroller and you've got 30 feet of sidewalk in which to engage them. And probably they're going to stop because everybody's feeling they need to be interacting socially, like, cause they've just been devoid of that. And we found that just, as you said, front lawn ministry, um, just hang out on your front lawn and watch people go by. Yeah. How about you, Rob? Yeah. Two things. Um, one, kind of like what you guys are talking about, Sienna and I live right on the main street. So we don't have a front lawn. We have a front sidewalk. So we're always out going for walks. Like I'm out maybe two, three times a day with two, typically with my wife. And we were running into the same people building. And it's been the same cool, great thing. And these were relationships we were already building because whenever I'd leave in the morning, we live above a coffee shop. So I would see the same kinds of folks building relationships with them. Now we're seeing them again outside and, and getting to continue to build those relationships. And so mm. constantly when we're walking and running into people, we're having little chats. And again, like I'm not a pro. I don't want to present myself as the king of evangelism here so we can all do better, I'm sure. But God is, there are, there are op opportunities. But the second thing that I've been really thinking about a lot, and this is thanks to Corey McKenna, who has been a real blessing to us at our church. Corey is president of the cross current and they're in an evangelism training ministry for churches they really want to help churches and so he's been helping us out a lot and talking with us and one thing that he's been encouraging us in and we've been doing even personally is social media seed sowing essentially who are those people that you see on facebook instagram who are always you know kind of yelling and screaming and old high school <laughs> friends and trying to reach out to them in a, in a, in a DM and a private message and initiate conversations. And that's another thing that we've been doing that I've been doing. It's just reaching out to people online who it looks like are, are really revealing a lot of fear and anxiety. And that's led to some cool conversations and, and speaking to them about, well, why are you so fearful and what's going on and, and shining the gospel there. So that's another kind of way that even just in our homes, we can, even if, yeah, like me, I live on a, on a busy street, there aren't many homes nearby, and I'm running incidentally into people. I can even use the platforms online to reach in and, and kind of have those offline conversations, which I would really encourage people to do. It's a great, it's a great tool. Yeah, I I love a couple of things that you guys have said, and I think let's not under underestimate or 
forget the fact that we should be praying specifically for the people that God's put in our path. You know, you might not know 10 sets of neighbors, but you know four or five really well that you didn't. Mm -hmm. Pray for all of them, but you can be praying into the people that, you know, God's opened up the doors. Pray consistently for that. I think we have, um, you know, just an opportunity. When things open up, now that we know people's names, invite them to your backyard. Invite them for a barbecue when it's time. Invite them into your home. Uh, You know, that takes that initial relationship to a much deeper level. And you get to find out who they are and you get to share your story, you know, tell them why you're upbeat, tell them why you're hopeful, tell them why you've been on the street for 15 years and what kept you there and, and what God's been doing in your life. The other thing I think is really important is um, the power of an invitation. You said that as you talked about social media, we've invited some people that we know in our lives to, to watch our midweek worship. We call it worship at home Wednesdays. And I know there's people who don't know the Lord who are watching every Wednesday and it's, it's worshipful. It's evangelistic as we read and we pray and talk about the hope in Jesus. So I know there's some people watching that don't know Christ. Uh, we extended a, um, an, a gift to um, a lady down the street, uh, it was like, like a daily bread booklet, just she's struggling and, and she's taking this booklet with her as she goes for some care and counsel and just a gift that we give to someone, an invitation to a meeting, you know, invite them to watch your church service. Like these little things, God will use, God will use those simple things. We don't have to overcomplicate it. And um, the other thing I would say is that in our church, uh, Paul Carter started a series, 10 big questions that your neighbors are asking during COVID. Hmm. And so it's, if you had that chance and someone says, yeah, but why would a good God allow this? And, you know, why, um, you know, why should we believe in God? there's 10 questions that he's addressing for the next 10 weeks and they're really apologetic tools to help when you actually have those conversations. So people can check that out if they're interested. That's great. Well, the heart of love is, is good for people and uh, we want to continue to do that and see what the Lord's going to do. uh, I just want to highlight something even here, Jody, like we're a bunch of worship pastors talking about how we can evangelize. And how we like, I just let's just sit on that for a second because I think that that's that's important for us to just again reiterate. We're not sitting here just talking about how we can plan songs and how we can provide, we're talking about how can we share Christ? How can we like, I just want to, you know, this is so encouraging to me that that's where our conversation goes. It's about, yeah, man, how do we share the gospel? We're, We're thinking missionally, we're thinking big picture. And I think that's, man, that's so critical. And it's so tempting to not in this, to think, you know, tech and, and those things. And anyway, I'm just, I'm excited that this is where we go as a bunch of worship pastors when we're talking and worship leaders when we're talking about worship, mm-hmm. we're thinking, you know, yeah. big, yeah. big picture. We could have spent time talking about what our favorite brand yeah. of guitar <laughs> is. Uh, you, you know, use Alexers? Come on, Cody. <laughs> Only once every six months, you know, because they're so expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you must have a great budget. Your church. Wow, that's awesome. Once every six months. I, uh, I heard they're coated in dental floss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I've got my guitar right beside me, and I, these need to be changed. But, um, you know, Rob, that's a great point. And it comes back to John chapter 21 when Jesus said, If you love me, feed my sheep, take care of them. Mm. Yeah. And we, we want to take care of our worship teams. We want to take care of our congregations. We want to uh, love the believers, but we also want to love the sheep that are not in Jesus' fold yet. Yeah. This is, this is so exciting. You know, last, 
last time we talked is why it said just about what, what what's happening inside of us in COVID. But now really our focus today is let's be the overflowing people and uh, let's extend mercy. Uh, can I just share an interesting story uh, and, and we can maybe turn a corner. I did a, our, our church does a food delivery and uh, we have a full kitchen in our basement, not my basement, but the church basement that's uh, produces, I think, 65 or 70 cooked meals a week and they get frozen and they get given out. And so I took two frozen chili dinners to some guys that are um, living in a motel unit. You know, that's sort of a step up from homelessness. They have a home, but it's literally a, a one room motel. Mm. And as I as I went and brought these guys a coffee, there was another guy who was standing at the fence and he was actually, his name was Randy. Randy said, uh, he said, Hey, at some point in the conversation, he said, Hey, I love Jesus. I believe God's word. And he was friends with these other guys. And he held up this little devotional book, Pat, ironically, that comes from a lady named Elsie Quick, who was working in East Hastings. She's working downtown with street folks, with prisoners, with ex-prisoners. And she's put this daily reflection devotional together that's going all over the place. So he holds up this book and he goes, I love this. I'm, I'm reading God's word and I love the prayers. So I know Elsie because her mom is a 98-year-old in Aurelia. Wow. And so I said, Randy, can I take your picture? So I take his picture, send it to Elsie, who's in Vancouver, and just say how God's using her books, even in kind of inner city Aurelia for a man who loves Jesus, whose name is Randy. Wow. As I'm delivering these meals, but as this conversation is going down, these other guys who don't know the Lord are listening to this whole thing going down. And I just love the fact that wherever we go, and, and maybe this is just a good thing, part of evangelism is just, you know, as you go, right? Matthew 28, as you go. Yeah. And on our daily walks, on our daily errands, on our daily tasks, whether it's in our neighborhood or with our church duties, we just just be open to what God would do to surprise us with things that we maybe didn't imagine were gonna gonna happen in terms of outreach and evangelism opportunities. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. God is good, and a lot lot more great things are ahead. Um, well, let's just turn the corner a little bit, uh, Rob. For those in Ontario or those who are maybe watching and anticipating. Uh, we had a little talk before we went live, but um, as you and your congregation look to these new openings, which officially is Friday at 12.01, getting ready for Sunday, what are some of the things that you folks are thinking through? What are you processing as you think about when you're going to open and and what maybe what's involved with some of that? Yeah. So, and I can speak for myself, like this is so new. This is so new. We had uh, an hour. Yeah. Like we had an hour meeting with, uh, some of our staff members yesterday in the sanctuary, just thinking practically. And um, what I, where my head has been at is just what what will this look like when we come back together? And part of me is is kind of going, okay, we still don't even know the guidelines of what this will look like. And as a worship guy, when I think also about um, kind of what the scriptures, the pictures, the scriptures give us about what our gatherings should look like. You know, I'm just kind of cautiously waiting to see um, what those guidelines will say and, and, and what, what would it look like for us to gather together in a COVID. And what, are there things that if they are not present in our worship gathering, is would that be something that would limit us from actually going, okay, wait a second, if we can't do this, if we can't do this, if we can't do this, 
is it good to get together still and come together? And so I've just been wrestling through those things. And one of the big questions is singing. Like one of the big questions that keeps coming about is, will we be able to come together and sing? And I don't know about you guys, and I would love your opinions on this, but I'm really wrestling with, you know, what, what if we could get together but we couldn't sing? You know, would that be, what do we think about that? And, and could we do that? And the more that I'm just kind of reading through scriptures and reading through, just thinking about the importance of singing and why even do we sing? Why is singing important? Yeah, I've been wrestling with that, trying to think about, you know, does would that be a deal breaker? You know, if we get together, but we can't sing. We can't take the Lord's Supper. You know, we can't participate in the sacraments. You know, is that the assembly? Is that not the assembly? Like, those are the things that I'm thinking through, and I'm still working my way through all these things. And I think there's multiple opinions on those things mm-hmm. but that's what i think about i think i'm not thinking more about you know okay great what kind of music are we going to play i'm thinking about well what can we even do and will this reflect i think god's heart for the gathering that's where my 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 head is is at right now i'd be very interested in, in how you guys are thinking jody how are you thinking <laughs> You know, I think of the gold, silver, and bronze package, brothers. Uh, you know, we we went from the gold to uh, March the 12th, which was the, uh, what that's called, but that was the scramble to figure out how to stay connected in a brand new way. So I'm, you know, I'm hopeful in the sense that if, if we're allowed to do bronze, let's do bronze. If we get silver, we get silver. If we get to get back to gold, you know, the full the full deal, the full meal deal. Uh, I think for us, and this will be important if we get to come back and do another podcast, which I hope we will in a week or two, we'll actually be able to tell folks and discuss among each other what the next two weeks actually look like in retro. Yeah. Here it is Tuesday currently, and we're looking forward to Sunday. And as I said at the beginning, we don't even know what this Sunday is going to be. But two weeks from now, we'll tell you what this Sunday actually looked like. And in Ontario, we haven't heard anything yet about no singing. It just basically said 30%. That was it. Obviously, we want to keep protocols, sanitizers, the whole bit. We've heard uh, echoes from out west of Alberta about no singing. And uh, I I think, you know, for me, this is sort of my thought, not necessarily my church's position. But if we could come and gather and worship together through praying and reading scripture and hearing a sermon, I would take that in a heartbeat, even if there was no singing. Or if they said the musicians could sing, but the people couldn't sing, it's a drag, but let's sing over them. Uh, or if we can all sing, you know, gold, we, we get, we hit the jackpot and we get to do it. So my feeling is, is we will go with what has been given to us, what we've been allowed to do and you modify. So one of the thoughts I had was if we, if we couldn't sing, I would send a list of the three or four songs that we're going to be singing to people ahead of time. And I'd say, you know what, we're not allowed to sing corporately, but I'm going to give you these songs. So why don't you sing them in the car on the way to church so that when we sing them over you, you've already offered it to the Lord. Or go home after the service and go sing them or go put them on YouTube and go sing them in your kitchen, you know, after church so that you've, in a, in a sense, been part of what you missed. I just say we'd be flexible and adaptable and creative and uh, kind of go with what we've got. Yeah. Are they saying that the Lord's Supper is not something that's possible in Ontario? Nope. They have not mentioned that at all. And... Yeah. You know, but then you got to think through touch and contact and distancing. So yeah. we, you know, one of the things we talked about yesterday is if we open Sunday, which at this point we're planning to, 
for 265 people because of our space limits. Um, you know, simple is the word. Let's just keep this simple. Like, let's take baby steps. Let's enter back into this slowly. One of the things I did want to say, though, is, is while our buildings do open up, you need to be mindful that there are still going to be people for a week or a month or many months. They're going to be feeling more comfortable with staying at home and watching online. So now we're going to be challenged to do a live service well, but to not forget the folks that have been watching and to continue to do that well and to, in a sense, minister to two congregations at the same time. Right. I think that's going to be a, a big challenge for us. We don't have a, we don't have, for some reason where our churches, we don't have good internet for live streaming. So we can't do a live stream from our church. So we're thinking about, okay, having a Saturday night service, recording that, then sending, uploading that Sunday morning, like we've typically been doing, and then doing some more live services for those who want to come out. And I think that's an important thing. Pastorally, we want to not leave anybody behind. And we want to make sure that we're thinking about all of our people and taking their concerns to heart because, um, yeah, like there are some people who are going to really struggle with this. And, and or what we've encountered is some people's kids are going to struggle letting them come. And, uh, and you know, we got to think about them and we got to be very thoughtful. And I think the pastoral heart and concern is, okay, let's elevate the body. Let's elevate the gathering. We want to gather. We want to do ministry like Third John says, you know, face-to-face uh, -face in First John 14, you know. We want to do that. That's by far the most, you know, preferred way of doing things. But I don't know. I just, I just see biblically how important singing is and, you know, all the things that it does for us. And so the worship guy, I'm going, man, what would worship look like without singing? That is, mm -hmm. but we have no idea. And I'm, I'm a bit more of a overthinker and a pessimist where I'm like, okay, let me just assume that we're just not going to be able to do any of this stuff. So I, I, I like having my brain prepared mm -hmm. for those, for those alternatives. But I think thinking about our people again yeah. and, and trying to provide for them, I think something is important. Amen. Well, there lots, lots yet to come. And uh, brothers, uh, our time is up for today. Um, Pat, I'll uh, give you the last word. If there's anything burning on your heart, then we'll uh, maybe have Wyatt jump in and, and say goodbye to the folks. Uh, I just I do want to say thank you to Wyatt and uh, the mm -hmm. folks for allowing us to have this platform mm -hmm. to share our hearts. And uh, I hope that I hope that you folks who are watching <laughs> helpful. Wyatt, you can jump in at the end and just... Uh, you know, people have questions and maybe we even tackle some people's questions or concerns on our upcoming uh, times together that we can address some things. So, Pat, I'll turn it over to you, then over to Wyatt. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, there is, like Rob said, there's more than 400 references to singing in Scripture, um, singing you know, to one another, Colossians 3, um, Ephesians 5. At the same time, um, I'm, I'm a bit with Jody. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take what we can, what we can do right now just to be together. And, uh, our community groups are starting to do that more, just meeting in parks and, you know, uh, some of those things. And it's, it's that desire to be together as the church. Um, but I think sitting under God's word, whatever we're allowed to do, we want to do with the intention, Lord willing, of moving towards uh, a full, full scale, the gold again, <laughs> as Jody said. So looking forward to those days, Lord willing, soon. Well, thanks, everyone. I'm 
going to just kind of close us down here by saying that we'll be back again in two weeks to do a subsequent talk. Hopefully, it might be an interesting time to reflect on some of the things that you've learned in Ontario and even to hear from from Pat, because Pat's actually an interesting role. He's attempting to coach and help worship leaders worship well in a gospel-centered or gospel-shaped way across Canada. So I want to let people know about that. And secondly, I also want to point people to our Instagram page where every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 1.30 Newfoundland time, uh, <laughs> Pat is on there doing a weekly gospel-shaped worship video column. I don't know what the right word is, vodcast on Instagram. <sighs> and you can see that. You can see the, the older episodes and uh, one every week. So jump on there, follow us, follow Pat. And Pat, what's your uh, website again? Just patsabel.com. Patsabel.com, S-C-Z-E-B-E-L. So we'd love to see you on Instagram, on that website, and here again in two weeks. So thanks, everyone. And I'm going to shut us down.